Welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the Revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and remove the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here's Dr. Alex. Hi, Dr. Alex here. If you like the show today, or any day, I would love it if you took about 10 seconds to go to iTunes and leave a review for the show. I've been doing this for about 14 years now, and I spend hundreds of hours every year in preparation and recording the show. And if you like it, if it's worth your time, if you think it might benefit others, I would love it if you could leave a review to recommend to your friends or just recommend it to your friends that could benefit from listening to the show. Thank you so very much. Since we are going to be talking about issues of health and well-being, we wanted to make sure that you understand that this information is not intended to cure or heal anything. Everything in the presentations is the opinion of Alex Lloyd. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concern you may have. Hi, I'm Dr. Alex Lloyd and welcome to the new Jesus. Uh, review just a little bit and moving on to this week, let's start. Uh, last week we had the roses up, we had the water uh, up from the water experiments based on uh, positive feelings versus negative feelings, uh, positive emotions versus negative emotions. We had the signs up from Dr. Peck. Today we've got a picture of me with Dr. Peck, Dr. Peck, uh, because I went to Philadelphia to meet him and to become part of the movement that he has started that I would love for you to join me and Dr. Peck in, which is a movement to end self and hatred of others, to end systemic rejection and racism, and that all lies matter. Okay? Uh, Dr. Peck, in case you're wondering, is sort of like uh, the Dr. Oz you've never heard of. Um, he's a double board certified surgeon at the same hospital as Dr. Oz, Columbia University, very prestigious uh, worldwide university. He's been a professor 24 years at Columbia University. Dr. Oz is a professor at Columbia University. Uh, Dr. Peck, Dr. Peck has over 50 uh, clinical research papers he has published in peer-reviewed journals, which is a huge deal. He has four United States patents in the area of health and wellness. Um, plus, he's a wonderful, wonderful man who, who wants nothing more than to help you and everyone else live our best lives, all right? So I invite you to join us. We're, we're trying to start a movement. It has nothing to do with money. We're gonna give people the tools they need to heal these things um, and help them do that. Uh, tell them what to look for, how to find what they need, all that sort of thing. So be looking for that, uh, the start of that. Um, 
But anyway, uh, uh, Dr. Peck, so thrilled to have him uh, as a friend, as a partner uh, in this um, trek, in this journey uh, for our best lives possible. Okay, and then the um, postulate from Harry this week, uh, which is sort of a distilled version of what I'm going to talk about. What ultimately defines a life is the love we express, not the mistakes we avoid. Oh man, that's huge. Uh, at the end of people's lives, and I've counseled a bunch of people at the end of their lives, that's what matters. If they've lived a life of love and prioritized relationships and all that sort of thing, they are, they are at peace. Now, they may not want to die or they may be in pain, but they're at peace at the end of their life. If their whole life has been focused on the negative and mistakes and a 30-point to-do list every day in order to try to keep it between the, the lanes, um, they usually have regret at the end of their life. Regret of what? Regret for not focusing on love and relationships and what really matters. Okay, the pursuit of goodness is far more significant than the absence of vice. Let me read it one more time altogether. What ultimately defines a life is the love we express, not the mistakes we avoid. The pursuit of goodness is far more significant than the absence of vice. All right, so which are you focusing more on? You're focusing more on good and the positive and the fruits of the Spirit. Think about these things. Or you focus more on the negative, the, the seek pleasure, avoid pain, the things that are wrong, the things that you want that you don't have. Which place are you more focused? And, and you can track that kind of on a daily basis. And my guess, because it was true of me, it was true of Hope, it's true of almost everyone I've ever counseled, is that you're probably more in the focus on negative and what you want than you are on love and the positive. Now, if I were to ask you a question, which is most important to you, you would probably say love other people and the positive. But are you living that way? Most people aren't. We want to get you to where you are living that way. All right, so let's pull the board over, quick review. And I think I've been doing better time-wise on these reviews. Um, here is the system. And it's God's system, not mine. The fruits of the Spirit. And in this system contains any problem you could ever have in your life. Is cancer somewhere in this system? Yes, because every system includes a body system. There's nine major body systems. So like... Uh, the self or love, the body system is the endocrine. For sadness, hopelessness, helplessness, or if you're living God's way, joy and, and happiness, and I'm not helpless, I have everything I need, that's skin, the integumentary system. And, and people who are depressed, hope was too, tend to have skin issues. All right, ever think about that? Um, anxiety and fear, that's the gastrointestinal system. Uh, when you feel anxiety, you tend to feel it in your stomach uh, first and most. Now, some people feel it in their chest as well. A little headache or pain, yep. 
but gastrointestinal is usually the first and where if you if it gets to illness and disease that's typically it'll be somewhere in the gastrointestinal system that's about 80 percent not a hundred percent about 80 percent all right uh anger impatience and patience is the immune system rejection and kindness is the brain and nervous system think that's important rejection i've never met anybody who didn't have a rejection issue including me most of us have a bunch of them all right um not good enough i'm bad versus i'm good that one's respiratory system if you feel uh if you don't feel good about yourself you'll tend to not breathe deep you'll be breathe from your chest which is anxiety breathing rather than from your diaphragm which is healthy breathing all right uh it, it expands your lung capacity it increases oxygen content in your body which is absolutely critical all right so if you if you don't feel very good about yourself good chance you have an oxygen issue even if the little finger meter says you're okay you may tend to have an oxygen issue all right um trust versus unhealthy control that's reproductive system uh inferiority superiority versus humility that's cardio and circulation and being out of control versus healthy control is muscular skeletal system okay so any non-physical or physical problem you can ever have is represented in god's system of spirituality versus idolatry i would say if you're focused on seek pleasure avoid pain i would say that's idolatry right you're 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 putting yourself as your god you're putting pleasure as your god you're putting getting away from pain as your god instead of god and jesus okay so um god's system i believe is all inclusive and again about 80 percent of the time your physical issue when it becomes physical will be for anxiety gastrointestinal for rejection brain nervous system for humility inferiority cardio and circul circulation etc about 80 percent of the time so you can reverse engineer that and say okay i've got a cardiovascular problem or circulation issue almost guaranteed you have either an inferiority or superiority wrong belief um let's say you have um uh some neurological issue all right alzheimer's or stroke or whatever all right um chances are you've got a rejection issue where you feel a a worth or a lack of worth based on someone or something which include yourself rejecting you because you haven't measured up because you've sinned whatever all right so you can go to the if you have a physical health issue you can go to the category for that in the fruit of the spirit the fruit of the spirit for that and typically you'll see where it started so issues with your gastrointestinal system usually started as anxiety and fear from a wrong belief 
your endocrine system, which I've asked about 50 medical doctors, what is the most important system in the body? And everybody thinks it's uh, brain and neurological, okay? But I've gotten about a 50-50 from about 50 medical doctors I've asked. About 25 have said brain neurological because the brain's the control center. Another 25 have said glandular hormonal and that it's even more important than brain and nervous system. So if you have a hormonal issue, chances are you're in seek pleasure, avoid pain, um, and fear related to that. So you can reverse engineer it as well. And if you remember, um, in 1986, my zero to 10 based on God's system was a, where is that? Uh, minus six on the zero to 10 scale. So I was like right over here, overall. And then my individual issues were all in the negative, okay? With my worst one being um, inferiority, I believe, and my next to worst one being, where was that? I'm not good enough, okay? It, today, in 2001, I've gone from minus six to plus seven, and I've put little uh, gray dots everywhere these issues are for me today, and they're all in the positive. So going from minus, minus seven to plus six has changed everything in my life. I feel like a completely different person. The battle's for your heart, but the battle belongs to the Lord. The heart controls everything, but love can control the heart. All right, but you have to choose it. It's not going to be forced on you because for love to exist, you have, a, have to have a choice not to love. Okay? Um, from near-death experience, which, experiences, which almost always turn the person to the positive when they survive, over 90% of the time, I did a thesis on it. Why? Because they have knowledge they didn't know before, left brain, they've been to the other side, and it's, not, it's nothing to be scared of. It's something good. And right brain, they've experienced the light and love. Walk into the light. Come into the light. And, and many people had a choice whether to go back or not. And it was a hard choice because it felt so good there. Now, what I didn't share last week about this is when I was doing my thesis, I ran across a few people who had the negative experience. One of them was in Chattanooga, Tennessee. This is documented and published in a book. And the, um, the gentleman who was, who was dying, who was in the near-death experience, he would die clinically and then come back to life. And he did that several times. Died again, came back to life for for a minute or a few seconds, died, came back to life. It was a very unusual case. But the interesting thing is every time that this guy was not a believer, he was not a Christian, and every time the guy came back to life, he would look up at the doctor like in panic or even grab that white coat or, or scrub he's wearing and say, you cannot let me die. Every time I die, I go to hell. Okay, and I think the doctor probably thought that was crazy, but it did have an impact on him because 
you know, he was experiencing it in this situation right now. But anyway, the gentleman lived, and the story was that after he recovered, it changed his life for the positive. So sometimes the, even the less than 10% who would have a near-death experience, but it was a negative one, a significant percentage of those, it ended up with a positive change in their life. Why? Because they knew, they, they had knowledge and experience now, but of the other side. They had been to the other side and had knowledge, I don't ever want to go back there again, no matter what, and experience the feeling of being in that negative place. All right? So that's not 100%, but that would probably bump the percentage up to at least 95% who have a near-death experience whose lives are changed for the positive from then on, and they don't have to work at it. It's just now easy and automatic. Um, one very famous case like that, Dr. Eben Alexander, who is a neurosurgeon, and was on the Dr. Oz show. He wrote a best-selling book about his experience and then was on the Dr. Oz show. And on the Dr. Oz show, he said that, you know, as a neurosurgeon, he had dug in to what had happened to him because he had a near-death experience of going to the other side, experiencing the light, the love, all of that. Said all of that on national TV, on the Dr. Oz show, and then he told Dr. Oz, but what's the really interesting thing about my situation is the criticism of near-death experiences by other doctors is that, oh, that's just your brain kind of acting on its own, creating a memory. Just like it creates memories every night, only this memory was very dramatic, and you felt it more, but it's not real, it's just a memory. Well, what Dr. Um, Alexander said on the Dr. Oz show is he went back and looked at the medical records and the part of his brain that would have produced a memory like that was not functional at all at that time. So there are no mechanisms in the brain and nervous system or heart that we're aware of that could have produced that in Dr. Alexander, all right? So that criticism, at least for him, does not seem to hold water. You can decide for yourself about other people. And we uh, talked a lot about last week about are you being controlled by lies, okay? Which category are your lies most likely to be in? And, and it'll be one or more of these things over here. Either seek pleasure, avoid pain, sadness, hopelessness, helplessness, anxiety, fear, anger, wrong goals, I'm not good enough, etc. Okay? So which area are your issues in? And, and, and let's go a little further with that. Um, let's say you, your issue is sadness. Like, Hopes was, my wife. She was clinically depressed the first 12 years of our marriage. Well, where does that come from? Where does the sadness come from? Does it come from your external circumstances? Uh, no, 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 no. It comes from your internal memory banks, all right? So what's happening is filtered. We talked about this with the diagram of the person and the event going down into the heart. 
being filtered through every memory there, billions of them, and then a reaction or response after it's filtered through all of your memories. So you've got a belief, a wrong belief. You are believing a lie or untruth about yourself or your life that leads to that sadness unless you're in a life or death situation like a 18-wheeler about to pull over on you or somebody chasing you with a knife or a gun. If it's not a situation like that, then it, it's a wrong belief and you're being controlled by lies and untruths, which means you're ultimately being controlled by Satan and his demons. He is the father of lies, the father of confusion, okay? He's able to speak to you in your own voice so that you believe it's just a thought you're having. It's not just a thought. It is a lie coming from another being, a demon or Satan, filtered through your memories, which probably have a whole bunch of lies and untruths from Satan and his demons already in there. All right? So that's how it's so easy to, to come out with all this. Okay, so where are you? And the truth will take you to this side, love and all the things that come from love. Lies will take you to this side. Okay? That's why the truth is so critical. All right, let's flip over and go to this week. So, are you controlled by lies? This is still about emotional well-being. And this is a trap. <laughs> um, there's an expression in Alaska and places like Alaska, Colorado, Wyoming, uh, where they hunt bears. Beware the deadfall. This is a deadfall. What's a deadfall? It looks like normal ground, like you're just walking on normal ground, but it's a trap. This is a false thing with just leaves and little bitty thin sticks. And when you step on it, you go down and are skewered on the spikes below, as a bear would. All right? So... Are you controlled by lies or untruth? If you are, chances are you are in a deadfall with being, you're skewered now and trying to figure out, man, how am I going to get out of here? I've got these things in me. I'm, I'm, I'm down in a pit. Uh, I, I feel like I'm dying. Help! How do I get out of here? Okay. On this side, you're on the high road walking hand-in-hand hand with God, hand-in-hand hand with Jesus, hand-in-hand hand with the Holy Spirit. Mir the mystery of the ages. Jesus, Jesus and I are one. I'm seated with him in the heavenlies. He's here in me right now. The Holy Spirit lives in me. I'm the temple. My body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. He leads and guides me to all truth, comforts and counsels me, manifests the fruits of the Spirit, etc. Okay? And then God is all and in all. Well, David said, I go to the heavens and you're there. I go to Hades and you're there. Where can I go away from you? Nowhere. Okay, so is my body part of all? Yes. So God is here, in me, around me, present with me, never leave me unprotected, guarantees the best outcome result if I'm right with him 
living in a state of grace, walking in the light as he is in the light, etc. Doesn't mean I don't sin. I sin all the time. That's taken care of. Has been taken care of since before the foundations of the world. All right. So, are you doing this? Walking peacefully, happily? Yeah, sure. Problems come up all the time. But you deal with it in truth and love, and then back on the high road, higher and higher and higher all the time. Or are you stuck or about to step in this thing? Maybe you haven't had the big negative thing happen, even though you are living in seek pleasure, avoid pain. And on the negative side of that fruits of the spirit um, system, but you haven't really gotten skewered yet. Well, if you keep walking down that path, it's going to come. Okay? So let's not go there. How about it? I've been there more than once, and I don't ever want to go there again. Okay, so are you controlled by lies, or are you free in Christ, which is what Jesus died for us to have? Paul said, um, it is for freedom's sake that Christ has set you free. Okay? We are supposed to be free. How? We've talked about it. Wait on him and exchange my strength for his. Fly on wings of eagles, run and not grow weary, walk and not faint. His strength for mine. Exchange his strength for mine. It's his strength doing it, not mine. That's what you've got to get shifted. It's not about willpower. Now, I'm trying as hard as I can, but now I can do it versus before I can't. And now I can do it with peace and joy and those things rather than try to do it, and sometimes maybe yes, sometimes no, but with anxiety, fear, anger, irritation, rejection, low self-worth, etc. All right, we already talked about Dr. Alexander. Okay, so here's the linchpin. Are you investing in relationships and taking thoughts captive for love, for right relationship with Jesus, or are you invested in money, self, seek pleasure, avoid pain, and you don't take the thoughts captive, the thoughts take you captive and take you to fear and the negative side of the fruits of the spirit system. The fear, sadness, anxiety, rejection side. Okay? Um, which are you doing right now? Which are, which, are, which are you more invested in? Relationships, taking thoughts captive, negative thoughts, and love, or myself, seek pleasure, avoid pain, money, because money will purchase what I think I want and purchase protection from the pain I don't want. It never works, but we think it will, all right? Which makes me captive. So in this one, I take the thoughts captive and God turns them to love, joy, peace, etc. If I'm committed to money, myself, pain, pleasure, the thoughts take me captive and take me to fear, anxiety, low self-worth, unforgiveness, etc. So, which are you doing? 
Which do you do more? Do a, do, do a line down the paper and say, okay, relationships and love versus self, seek pleasure, avoid pain. Do I take the thoughts captive or do they take me captive? All right, let me explain what I mean by taking the thoughts captive. Okay, yeah, most of you probably recognize that's a scripture. Take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. What does that mean? Uh, I've written down here the top negative thoughts that we tend to have that scripture speaks to that we are supposed to take captive. All right? So let me just run through these really quick. Uh, blasphemous thoughts from 2 Corinthians. Do you think blasphemous things and not take it captive, but just let that blasphemous thought take you somewhere? Um, condemning thoughts. Romans 8. Uh, do you feel or think I'm a bad person. I'm not good. I'm not saved. I'm not, I've already done too much bad. I've already, do you have condemning thoughts about yourself? Scripture talks about in Romans. That's, that's not from God. That's from Satan. All right? And that thought is going to take you captive if you don't take it captive. All right? Uh, fearful thoughts in 2 Timothy, Romans 8. Haughty, prideful thoughts, Philippians 2. Lying thoughts, Ephesians 4, John 8. Obsessive thoughts, Philippians 4. Negative thoughts, Romans 8. Jealous thoughts, James 3. Thoughts of guilt and shame, Galatians 3 and Hebrews 12. Suicidal thoughts, John 10 and Luke 9. Fantasy thoughts, wicked imaginations. And scripture talks about the imaginations of the heart. God looks at and reads and wants the imagination of the hearts. And I'll, I'll explain in a minute why. Why if you don't take those fantasy thoughts captive, they will take you captive. Okay? They'll take ownership of you. Perfectionistic, legalistic thoughts. 2 Corinthians 3. Unprotected thoughts. I'm not safe. I'm in danger. Galatians 1. Thoughts of regret. Jeremiah 29. Um, yeah, we're supposed to realize when we do things that are not right, not what God would have us to do on the fear path, not the love path. But we're not supposed to obsess about those. Father, I am so sorry I messed up that, that up. Please forgive me and thank you so much for your grace. And Jesus, um, let me get right back on the, on the horse or on the path and go again. And now it's gratitude, not guilt. All right. Uh, distracting thoughts. If Satan can't, if Satan can't own you, and, and have you captive, then he'll try to distract you from what's most important. What's most important? Relationships and love. Okay? So you're either doing it God's way and investing in relationships and love, 
or you're doing it Satan's way and investing in money, seek pleasure, avoid pain, and what's in it for me, which is pride. The root of all evil is pride. The love of money is the root of all evil. They usually work together. We have prideful thoughts and we think money can purchase them all to keep the bad away and the good that I want to me and instantly. I don't even want to wait on it. Instant gratification as much as possible. Defensive thoughts. We're always supposed to be ready to give an answer. And, and there's a passage in Proverbs I'd never even noticed until about, oh, four years ago that says we should always be open to new things and new truths. In fact, we should always be searching and looking for them rather than being closed-minded, defensive, already got my mind made up about everything. All right? Um, that, and, and that's First Peter. Angry thoughts, Ephesians 4. People pleasing. Oh, man, hope. My wife used to be the, one of the biggest people pleasers you've ever seen. She could not say no to anything. She had to learn to say no. Well, was she doing that out of the goodness of her heart? No, she was doing it in bondage. She was captive. She was doing it out of fear that people wouldn't like her and the hope that if she was nice to them, they would like her. It was all about her, not them. Now, not today, but when, when she was depressed, very much like that. And I've done my own ple people pleasing too. Maybe not as much as hope, but I've got my areas that are way worse than they were for hope as well. And then um, the last one, thoughts of loneliness, Romans 8. And uh, have worked with so many people who are lonely, even though I don't believe they have to be lonely. Okay, so those are the thoughts that God commands us, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Well, how many of those things I read do you experience on a regular basis and just let it go? Or even voluntarily go with it rather than taking it captive and saying, Father, please take this um, loneliness thought from me and let me switch over here to think about what you tell me to think about, which is what is true, lovely, excellent, worthy of praise, etc. Now, why would he do that? Well, I think there's a couple of reasons. One, if we do that, take every thought captive and then switch to focus on what he says to focus on, he will bless that. That's an act of faith. That's obedience. And God blesses that. All right? That's the... Um, that's that thing like we talked about in the help. You are smart. You are, you are good. You are, you know, and, and it feels so good. And God has those. You are righteous. You are holy. And I declare you sacred whenever you go through adversity. Well, going through those negative thoughts and the feelings that go with them, that's a negative. All right, all right, so we can turn and give that to God. He asks us to, and then shift to think about what is true, lovely, excellent, worthy of praise. And I believe um, when we do that as a matter of course, 
then God intervenes and blesses us and, and let some of those maybe happen in a painful ad, ad, adversity way so that we can deal with that and go up higher from what we learn from that. But I also believe there's many times if we take it captive and give it back to him and then turn and focus on what he says to focus on, that God will take that away and he will shift it from the negative to the positive um, without me having to do it in my willpower. I can't do that very well anyway. Okay, now, another thing about that is uh, multitasking. We humans really can't multitask the way we think of that. Most people think of multitasking as like the old guy on Ed Sullivan who's got all the plates spinning, you know, and he's got them all spinning at the same time and everything. Well, that's true and it's not true, okay? Consciously, you can only think about one or two things at a time. And really, you can only think about one. You can think about two things and jump back between them real quick, and it seems like you're thinking about two at a time. Really, you're just thinking about one at a time. But you can juggle to some extent one or two or three things with conscious intention pretty well, all right? Your unconscious mind or spiritual heart, guess what? It can focus on hundreds of things all at the same time, okay? So, um, that, I, I believe that's one of the reasons why God says, take this thought, negative thought captive, give it to him. That's that 2 Corinthians 4. I'd be delighted to obey you in this adversity, all right? Um, and then shifting as best I can to the positive. My spiritual mentor, Larry Napier, used to tell me many years ago, 30 years ago, when he was discipling me, when you start to feel tempted, when you start to feel something negative, when you have negative thoughts, you have to change the channel. So just think of a television set and, and you fit. Now, back, sometimes back then, you had to get up and change the channel or you had this big clunky remote or whatever. It, that didn't really matter. I don't even know why I went there. But just think about, okay, Alex, you're thinking these negative things, sinful things. Um, change the channel, okay? And because consciously you can really only think about one thing at a time, you can do that. You can change the channel. Now, why does God not say when you have these negative thoughts, just attack the negative thought yourself and see if you can subdue it and, and then, once it's down way lower, shift over to the positive. How come God didn't tell us to do that instead of to give it to Him and let Him deal with it? Well, because the way we're built, when you tell someone, don't do this, what does it do? It makes them want to do it. I, I, I mean, tell, I, I mean you, I'm sure you've done this at home. I've done this a bunch, all right? Um, I'm not even thinking about and don't want 
M&Ms. Not even on my mind. And Hope comes into the room and says, Hey, Alex. Um, I've seen you eating M&Ms a good bit lately, and I know they're one of your favorites, but um, I think you probably need to cut back on that. For whatever reason. Health, weight, expense, I don't know. Well, what is my, as soon as she says that and walks away, what am I thinking about now? I'm thinking about wanting M&Ms. I wasn't even thinking about that before, okay? So if God had told us, okay, put your energy and willpower into the negative thing and see if you can subdue it and beat it down and then with your willpower, we can't do it. We're, we're not strong enough, all right? If we focus on that negative, it will take ownership of us instead of the other way around. Let me tell you how that happens. Um, we've talked about the experience simulator where you try it before you buy it. And the thing about going out to get a pizza and it not going the way you thought it would go and that was all based on expectation and a wrong expectation that you had no right to assume would happen. Uh, we're supposed to focus in the present and love have a desire, but that may or may not happen, and so we leave the end result up to God. So whatever happens is okay, because we didn't have any expected result. We had a desire, but the definition of that is giving it up to God. All right? So if I don't do that, okay, if I have the negative thought and I participate with it, and, and, and let me give you an example. Um, when I was about five years old, I've talked about this before, I stole a candy bar in the five and ten cent store in the small town where we lived. Okay, and I remember that like it was yesterday. That's the first overt sin, like stealing, you know, which is black and white, that I can remember in my life. Okay, but it's very clear, I, I remember it vividly. And Here's what happened, okay? Uh, I left my house, which was about two blocks away from the 5 and 10. I didn't know what I was going to do. I, I didn't have any money. It was a pretty day. I was outside. I had some time. I was just sort of, you know, walking along, kicking a can down the road, whistling, you know, things like that. I was in a good mood. And then I thought, candy bar. Ooh. I love candy bars, especially Snickers. And I think Snickers was new then. It hadn't come out, it hadn't been out for very long. Before that, it was um, Milky Way. That was the big one. And I like Snickers way better than Milky Way. So, candy bar and Snickers comes up into my head. I didn't ask it to come up into my head. It just did, all right? And that's what these, that's what these thoughts do. All the ones I read to you that are that are talked about in Scripture specifically, and, and all the other negative ones as well. The positive ones can do this too. It's just that we're not against those. Bring those on, all right? So the candy bar came up. And then the next thought was, but I don't have any money. If I'd had a nickel, I wouldn't have stolen it. I would have bought it. But I didn't have a nickel. And I didn't have a way to get a nickel, I didn't think, all right? So I keep walking, but now instead of whistling and being happy and kicking the can, 
Now I'm all of a sudden in a little bit of anxiety and I can feel it and I'm thinking about how can I get that candy bar? And then it goes to, I've got to have that candy bar. I remember it, all right? I felt um, my, my face was flushed and I was starting to feel hot. Why? Because I was, I was thinking about doing something that I believed was wrong for me. And it was, and, and so I was now having cortisol, adrenaline, and stuff released in my body, all right? Which was making me hot and excited and, and, and anxiety and all kinds of stuff. And it was like, you know, the devil and angel on my shoulder. One was saying, no, 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 I can't steal the candy bar. That's wrong. That's a sin. And then another, and then the other side, well, yeah, it is a sin, but... I'll ask for forgiveness as soon as I've eaten it, and then it'll be okay, and I'll kind of get my cake and eat it too, okay? So I'm walking down the road with those two conflicting conversations, but I keep walking more and more toward the 5 and 10. I haven't made my mind up yet. I'm just imagining the both, the both sides. And then I start imagining how good that candy bar is going to taste. And it brings up all my memories of eating Snickers bars and things that tasted wonderful, okay? And my guess is that if I participate with that thought for about two minutes or longer, at least for me, the time frame is different for different people, but for me, if I participate with that negative, sinful thought for about two minutes straight or more, then the thought takes control of me. I've taken ownership of it, and it has taken ownership of me. And now, I'm in the, I'm in the deadfall. Now, I almost can't get out why? Let me explain that. Uh, wonderful study here about um, what exactly happens when I watch pornography. I believe that pornography may be the biggest addiction now in the history of the world. And I don't know many men especially, but a lot of women too, I don't, I don't know many men who do not actively watch porn, or they have watched porn, or something like that, okay? It's just, boy, am I glad this was not around when I was like 10 and 15 uh, growing up, and, I, and I'm so sorry and praying for those of you who are that age with, with porn. But anyway, they, they did a research study, and there's actually several studies, this is just one of them, uh, but what they found was pretty fascinating. What they found is that when you watch porn, you have positive hormones and negative hormones, all right? If uh, the hypothalamus in your brain gets a love-based signal from your memory banks, it flips the success switch, 
which is oxytocin, endorphins, peptides, all those wonderful, healthy, feel-good, loads of energy. Man, I could stay up for days at a time and never get tired. I feel great. I feel like Superman. It's kind of that feeling when you first start dating someone and it's new and fantastic and whoo, just, it's a rush, right? Okay. Um, well, that is all positive. And that's what we want to have happen. And that's how God built us to function if we are choosing love and relationship, right, with Jesus. That's what he intended, I believe, for us to get because it's the way we're made, okay? If the hypothalamus senses fear and flips the failure switch, okay, that's when we malfunction, and you'll malfunction every time when that happens as long as it keeps going. You will break at your weakest link. And then a second time break. And a third time break. Etc. And that is the cascade of illness and disease originating from the issues of the heart. Okay? But what they... And, and, and on the negative side, if your hypothalamus senses a fear-based signal, anger, irritation, frustration, sadness, hopelessness, helplessness, uh, all of those come from fear. If the hypothalamus senses that, it flips the failure switch, which, which causes the release of cortisol, oxytocin, dopamine, which is kind of like uh, cocaine internally and highly, highly addictive, all right? So, and then there's also a neutral. If the hypothalamus doesn't get a fear or love-based signal, you just kind of keep going where you are. And, and the brain and nervous system and body are looking for balance and homeostasis. But, if you imagine the imaginations of the heart, remember, God wants those, he reads them, okay? If you imagine doing something that you believe is wrong for you, then based on the research, brand new research, and multiple independent studies, you know what happens then? If you imagine doing something you believe you should not do, it's wrong for you, the hypothalamus flips another switch and you get all of the positive and all of the negative at the same time. It is a tidal wave of hormones. And that tidal wave will bury you. It is almost impossible to resist once the tidal wave starts. And based on the research and my testing and experience, if I focus on that negative thought that comes naturally. I didn't ask for it or look for it, maybe. But if I participate with it and imagine doing that for two minutes or more, for me, maybe different for you, then I'm in the deadfall. And now I can't, it's almost impossible for me to escape. I know there's always a way of escape scripturally, and I believe that. But in this case, there's a way of escape, but it is almost impossible for you to get to that door. 
you're in the bear trap on the skewers. Okay? So, when I was walking, and when I was five years old, walking toward the five and ten, I wasn't doing porn, but I was imagining doing something that I believed was wrong for me. So what happened? In my five-year-old little body, here comes all the positive hormones, all the negative hormones. I'm, I feel the rush, remember? I felt my face uh, flush and get hot. I'm feeling nervous kind of energy. I'm, all right, I'm in a, I'm in a hormonal chemical tidal wave. And so once I got about 100 yards from the 5 and 10, I remember this. I'm not guessing, I remember this. Right when I got on Main Street, okay, and was about to turn the corner, and the 5 and 10 was about 100 yards down on Main Street, once I got to that spot, I was cooked. I was not going to get out of it now. I could not turn back. Now, I... I, I probably could because there's always a way of escape. But the way I felt, man, I was hooked. The hook was in my mouth deep and I was on the line and I was being reeled in to the five and ten. And I went in. Now I felt terrible. When I started from my house, I felt great. Remember, I was whistling and kicking a can and beautiful day. And now I'm miserable. I haven't even stolen it yet. But I'm miserable, all right? And I and I and I feel like now I'm compelled. I can't get away from it. Okay. And I did. I stole it. I felt like I was gonna die. I felt like my body was just gonna keep uh, vibrating higher and higher and higher until I exploded. Of course I didn't. Went in the alley, ate the candy bar and like five seconds. It was the worst candy bar I'd ever had, and I felt guilty for, the, for days. So for five minutes of pleasure and ten minutes before the pleasure of being in agony, knowing I'm being reeled in and having the chemical tidal wave, oh man, it was... Talk about a bad trade and a bad decision. I, I, I trade days of my life feeling bad for just a few minutes feeling good. And that's what Satan does. He tempts us into the trap. And then when we sin, do it, he beats us over the head for doing it. Okay? So, um, uh, that's why, that is what happens. When you imagine, which is participating with the negative thought and not giving it, to God. In other words, I don't take it captive. I don't give it to God. I let it take me captive and I'm going to deal with this in my pain-pleasure way. Okay? Alright. Um, so, we lie to get and get out of. We, on the other hand, a search and commitment to the truth is to receive. To receive what? The fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all the good stuff, all right? And that comes through being right with God, Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and a commitment to invest in relationships 
not money, pleasure, and pain. Okay? So that's the difference. All right? If you're participating with lies, and, and those are the kind of thoughts we get 75% of the time based on another research study we just talked about, that's to get and get out of and takes me to the hormonal chemical tidal wave and I'm cooked and now I feel guilty after being cooked and it's a vicious cycle. Then I recover a little bit from the hormonal tidal wave. It wears off after a while and then the guilt takes longer than that and then that wears off and now I'm open for another, another imagining something that's wrong and doing it in order to get pleasure or away from pain and the whole thing goes again. Alright? And that keeps me in a place of stress and the negative side of the fruit of the spirit system in fear-based instead of the positive. Um, meditation. Meditation is one of the most popular things on planet Earth today. No doubt about it. It's everywhere in the Bible. That's where it originated. People think it originated with Eastern medicine. It didn't. It, it came right from God in the Bible. I meditate on your words day and night, David said. Okay? Um, here's an article uh, based on research. Um, even meditation has turned into a minefield. Back in the 60s, you may not realize this, but Back in the 60s, the United States government, the FDA, put out what uh, their recipe was and recommendations for a healthy life. And some of you are old enough like me to remember that. It was so many fruits and vegetables, clean water, a little exercise, and meditation. That's right. As far back as the 1960s, the United States government recommends meditation for your health. Why? Because it works. There's double-blind studies from Harvard and all kinds of wonderful validated places saying that meditation reduces stress. And it does. So why would a new research study say that meditation has turned into a minefield? Because almost all the meditations you will find work by distraction, not by healing the source. What do I mean by that? Well, in most, of, most meditations, and you can check this out online, you can find a whole bunch of them for free, uh, the typical thing is, okay, get yourself relaxed and sit in a certain position and you know, have nice lighting, some nice music, comfortable temperature, comfortable uh, recliner, couch, whatever, or, or on the floor, laying down. Uh, and then focus on a spot on the wall. And that's it. Don't think about anything but focus on that spot on the wall. Or focus on a rose. Or Focus on the word love. You know, something like that. And yeah, those work. You'll, you'll find yourself breathing more slowly without even trying. Uh, and they reduce stress, okay? At least for a little while, okay? Uh, I've known people who've done what's called TM, Transcendental Meditation, 
for 30 years. And most people who do TM do it for one to four hours a day. And I've got some really good friends who've done that for 30 years. And I asked them one time, why don't you stop? Well, if I stop, I get bad again. I mean, I have to do it every day in order to keep feeling like this. Well, why? Because it's a symptom smasher. It doesn't work on source. It's a symptom smasher. When I think about the dot or the rose of the word love, I'm distracting my mind from thinking about the thing that was stressing me for that 10 minutes or hour or three hours. The longer I don't think about the stressful thing, the more my stress goes down. But guess what happens typically when I'm done with the 10 minutes to three hours? I start thinking about the stressful thing again. And slowly, up until the time I do the 10 minutes to three hours the next day, the stress comes back, all right? I believe God gave us meditations in Scripture that do not work by distraction. They work by healing the source. And the ancient Hebrews used to do that. Um, they would lie prostrate or in a certain position, and they would focus on the passage, I believe it's in Daniel, of the Lord high and lifted up. Okay, And they would do that in order to have an actual one-on-one -on -one experience with God. And based on the research I've read and, and a book about it, very often that would actually happen. They would have an experience with God. And it would be similar to a near-death experience and change their life. Okay, now that's been lost through the centuries. But what they did was not focus on a distraction but focus on Almighty God or Jesus alive, active, loving them, working for them in relationship with them. Man, that's, that's not distraction. That's active love-based relationship, which is where the good stuff comes from, the gold comes from, all right? So I'm all for meditation, but... Do an active one. And, and by the way, in the New Testament, the parallel to the Daniel one is Revelation 1. When John is having his vision in the throne room, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. I call that the miracle meditation, and I would do that. Um, I do it every day, and, and I believe it's, it's not a meditation. It's not an imagination. It's absolutely real. I am seated with Christ in the heavenlies. He is here with me now. We are one, the mystery of the ages. It's not an imagination, it's real. And I need to live like it's real. And remind myself, every day, multiple times a day, it's real. Okay? That's who I am, where I am, etc. Okay. Um, ah. Um, got Stanford. Um... You may not realize my, my, my history, as far as the last 20 years, has been in a niche peripheral field of health called energy medicine. That's the fastest growing area in all of medicine and the fastest growing area in all of psychology, energy psychology. Now, when I started doing what I'm doing, and I, I absolutely believe I was called by God to do it out of a traditional counseling and therapy practice, um, the first thing I had to do was make sure it was biblical. 
okay? And I believe I did that, and I believe it's more biblical than any other kind of health thing there is. And Dr. Peck, who I showed you on the um, backdrop screen, the medical doctor from Columbia, uh, he agrees with that 100%, that doing the same thing through energy medicine or energy psychology is at least 10 times more powerful and effective than doing it by chemical or surgery or whatever. Now some things you need, you need the mainstream health intervention, all right? If I get hit by a truck out here on the road, don't do energy on me, take me to the emergency room, all right? But about these issues in our life, that's what energy, intention, um, works best on, okay? Um, this is, um, I printed this off from the internet. This is the um, calendar and main website of Stanford University. And um, here's more, this is a, says class schedule. And down here, you can't uh, read it maybe, it's too small, but it's energy medicine. Stanford is teaching classes at Stanford in how to do energy medicine for healing these kind of things, you know, anxiety, worry, fear, stress, but also they use it in their hospital to, to help heal the root of physical health issues as well. And it's not just Stanford. Uh, it's Duke, MIT, uh, I believe uh, Yale was one of them, uh, Harvard was one of them, okay? That is, that is teaching classes today on energy medicine and energy psychology. And what you got to know is there is no way in heck they would do that if it didn't work, okay? That, they, don't, they don't put their reputation up for anything. They protect that reputation like gold, okay? So the reason they're teaching these things and it's spreading to more and more is it works. Uh, I'll offer this to you kind of as proof of that. This was a fascinating um, little test. We, um, we had an inside person that we knew who worked at a, at a large water company, okay? And we asked them to do an experiment, a test for us that they thought was absolutely ludicrous and why in the world would anybody want to do this, all right? And what we did is we put a, a frequency, an energy generator beside a, uh, a bottle of Dasani water. So we've got a frequency generator um, little machine that looks kind of like this. This is a phone, but it, it's about the same size and similar. Uh, a frequency generator beside a sealed, closed bottle of Dasani water. All right? So they take the cap off, test the water. The water has zero copper in it. Okay? You got that? Zero copper. They put the frequency generator beside the bottle of Dasani water, put the cap back on the water, and let the frequency generator generate the frequency of copper for a period of time. I think it was 
uh, several hours, okay? Um, copper is a bacteria killer and inhibitor. That's why they're starting to use copper in hospitals to uh, eliminate staph infections and things like that because copper kills those bacteria and, and things like that, all right? And it does in water. Uh, water um, pool people put copper in the water as an uh, antimicrobial, uh, all right? It kills bacteria, antibacteria, all right? Um, so we let it run. Then after, then they turn the frequency generator off, test the water again, and the water now make sure I'm correct about this, Had, there are two, there are now two parts per million of copper. And if you can see this, I'll move closer. It says copper before the test, zero. After the test, two parts per million of copper. And ladies and gentlemen, that equipment does not measure the frequency of copper. If all that was in the bottle was the frequency, the measurement would have been zero, okay? It only measures physical copper. So the frequency generator, broadcasting the frequency of copper beside the bottle of water, created physical copper inside the water. Seems crazy, seems impossible, right? Well, it's not. But it fits spiritually, perfectly with, with God's Word, okay? Where the issues are your intention and, and the issues of the heart, not your actions. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, okay? Um, faith without works is dead faith. God wants the heart. God reads the intentions of the heart. Why? Because that non-physical intention turns physical. And it's, and it's either going to turn physical with the positive hormones and chemicals or the negative ones. With the positive ones, you end up with great emotions, feelings, positive brain state, positive hormones, and an immune system that works like Hulk. All right, to heal whatever needs to be healed. The, the negative heart issues that are broadcasting not the frequency of copper, but the frequency of anger, selfishness, seek pleasure, avoid pain, uh, imagining doing something that I believe I should not do, and it creates the tidal wave of negative chemicals and hormones. That produces... The fear, anxiety, low self-worth, and eventually illness and disease. Okay? Um, it is absolutely possible to have a life-controlling intention that you never intended. Uh, that happened with me. Alright? Man, from the time I was a little kid, my intention was to be a good boy, to 
be pleasing and obedient to God, uh, to live a life of integrity, character, honor, thinking about these things, what is true, lovely, excellent, um, not doing and thinking and participating with the negative things. But ladies and gentlemen, I couldn't do it. In my willpower, I could not do it, and I was falling into the ditch in every area of my life, including my health. Hope couldn't do it. Hope's intention was to be a good girl and, and all that same stuff. She couldn't do it either. The result in me was severe acid reflux, migraine headache, uh, my skin was all scaly and, and, and dry. Uh, people were telling me I looked 10 years older than I was, okay? And then when I had an experience with God and it was changed in me, not by my willpower, but by me choosing God and love and giving up the end result and being right with Him and all, then I started people, I had people start telling me, you look 10 years younger than you are. And my acid reflux goes away. My migraines goes away. My skin issues. You know, today, Hope has to wash our sheets extra because my skin is so moist and, and oily, almost like a teenager's or someone way younger than me. All right? Well, well that was the opposite 35 years ago. How did it get so much better today when it's supposed to get worse with age? Because now I'm living on that positive side instead of the negative. And, the, and, by, and God made my body to heal itself from anything and to be healthy to a, over 100 years old and healthy and working and being able to work. And that, that's, what, that's how we're built, all right? When we live in a love-based, truth-based way, fear-based, falsehood-based, then all the negative stuff, all right? Um, we already talked about that. Change the channel, think about these things, the multitasking. Again, it really all comes down to are you living in a state of grace or are you saved but you're not experiencing the state of grace because you don't believe you qualify for that because of your sin or because you keep participating with the negative thoughts, maybe you're saved, but it's stealing all the positive stuff from your life, which is exactly what Satan wants, because he wants to keep you stuck and skewered instead of walking down the road with the Lord and affecting other people my whole life for the positive, which is my job. Once I'm saved and, and in a state of grace, now I'm supposed to pass it on. I, I'm told by scholars that the passage about uh, go and take the gospel to all countries, you know, that commandment of Jesus, what the, what the original language really says, the picture for it is a, uh, a woman talking to another woman across the clothesline in the backyard. That's the picture, okay? Person to person. Doesn't mean I've got to be a professional minister. I don't know that there are, there were any professional ministers in, the, in, in Scripture. 
I mean, a workman is worthy of his age, of his wage, but Paul uh, worked so that he wouldn't be a burden. We don't have any record of a on-staff pastor or preacher in the New Testament church that was paid the equivalent of $100,000 or more, drove a Cadillac Escalade, lived in a great big fine house at the church. There's no record of any of that, okay? Um, but if you are in a state of grace, believe and know that you're in a state of grace because you believe the truth, not the lies. That's what takes you to the positive in your life and, and everything else that you want. It's what takes you to emotional well-being which is what I, I would call spirituality. Love, joy, peace, fear, anxiety, worry, forgiveness, unforgiveness, etc. So, are you being controlled by lies? Are they, have they taken you captive? Or are you taking them captive to the obedience of Christ and having the oxytocin, endorphins, peptides, those wonderful love-based positive energy feelings, or, and, and you're free, going down, free in the world, going down the road, nothing to fear, I've already got my golden ticket, I've already won, nothing to lose, nothing to be afraid of, nothing to worry about. Where are you? Well, your choice is you're only taking them captive to give them to God. He's the one that can heal or change or whatever, all right? So you're not taking them captive to deal with yourself, to give to God. But if you take ownership and participate with it for a period of time or longer, then you have the rush, the tidal wave of all hormones and chemicals at the same time, and it's almost impossible to get away. Alright? So change the channel. Focus what is true, lovely, excellent as best you can. Give, take captive, give the thought to God. Wait on Him. Exchange your strength for His. Be in a state of grace, and then go. In freedom, in love, in truth, excitement, adventure, all that stuff that you really want more than anything else. Okay? So, are you controlled by lies? Are you taking the thoughts captive to love? Or are the thoughts taking you captive to fear? Um, you'll see links. Uh, to take the true you test for free in order to find out where you are. It, it uh, diagnoses all of these things, including in your unconscious, subconscious, and sins of the father's ancestry, as well as success issues and relationship issues. Tests all of that. There's a stuck score. Tells you how stuck you are, all right? Um, It'll take you about 10, 15, 15 minutes to take. Normally costs uh, 60 to 100 bucks. You get a coupon to take it for free. All right? Um, I taught you the healing code uh, several weeks ago. There's a link here for that as well. I'm giving that to you for free, which is what I've charged money for for 
many years and how Hope and I put bread on the table. I'm giving you that for free. And that's the thing that Dr. Peck from Columbia is saying will heal those internal lies, will um, will uh, heal self-hatred and other hatred, and will heal rejection and racism. Okay? That's the healing codes. It has the five double-blind study, all of that. Link right there. You can be doing it in 10 minutes and start to heal these issues. And yes, it works by energy just like the water bottle and frequency generator, etc. But guess what? God works by energy. E equals MC squared. That's what it means. E stands for energy and is on one side of the equation. Everything else is on the other side. That's what it means. Everything boils down to energy. God is light. In Him is no darkness at all. God is love. They are two sides of the same coin. Light is the physical manifestation of love. Love is the spiritual, non-physical manifestation. All right? So, that is energy. Light is energy. Energy is light. All right? So, God is energy. And He made us that way, too, and everything else in creation boils down to that. So, use energy to heal energy issues. These aren't made... Sadness isn't made of flesh, bone, blood, and tissue. It comes from your memories, and it's made of energy. All right? Change the energy, and you change the sadness to joy. But not many of us can do that by willpower. All right? So use the code. It will do that. Works great on a wide range of issues. Double-blind studies prove that. I'm giving it to you for free. I'm giving you the tests for free to see where you are and, and track that over time. Let me give you one more for free. Well, two more. I already mentioned the Miracle Meditation, which is Revelation 1. It, is not, it does not work by distraction. It is active and real. And that's how it works, by the direct relationship with God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. All right? Uh, and I would absolutely check that out, memorize it, and do that as a meditation yourself. Another one. I told you about um, uh, meditation and how that was recommended even in the 60s by the U.S. government because there's all these double-blind studies, but it just works by distraction, most of them. And you have to keep doing it every day for, to keep feeling this way. Well, instead of taking 10 minutes and, uh, till 4 hours to bring your stress level enough by working on the symptom, uh, I've got one that's way easier. I call it the alpha inducer. And this is based on research uh, that began way back in the 50s. It's very well documented. You can Google and find it yourself. But here it is. It's so simple. You keep your head straight. Okay, so head straight, like you're looking straight ahead, and you're not going to move your head the whole time. And then while your head is straight, simply roll your eyes up like this about, oh, 30, 40 degrees, or you can do it more. If it hurts, you're doing it too much. Don't do it till it hurts, all right? Um, but head straight, 
Roll your eyes up. You can have your eyes open or closed. I like to do it with my eyes closed. Some people like it open. But roll your eyes up and stay in that position for 30 seconds. 3-0. 30 seconds. That's it. Why would you do that? Because research indicates over and over and over for 50 years that when you do that, it puts your brain in an alpha or a partial alpha state. What does that mean? An alpha state is a non-stress brain and nervous system state. There's alpha, beta, delta, theta, gamma, all right? And, and um, alpha is a non-stress state. Beta can be a stress state. All right, so if you do this little alpha inducer, head straight, roll your eyes up for 30 seconds, you will create a alpha or partial alpha state where your brain and nervous system are not stressed or they're greatly reduced stress, and that'll last about an hour and a half to two hours. So if you want to, every hour and a half or two hours all during the day, just Put your head straight, roll your eyes up 30 seconds, and you're in a greatly reduced or non-stress state for the next hour and a half or two hours, all right? So 30 seconds instead of 10 minutes to four hours a day, and I believe you can accomplish pretty much the same thing, all right? So that's another free thing um, I'm giving you to, to use to better yourself, feel better, less stress, do more, live more the life you want to live. Your immune, and, and as your stress goes down, your immune system comes up, which we've all become aware of during COVID is so critical, your immune system, which can either heal it or keep it from ever happening in the first place. So um, there's another free thing that's very, very powerful, takes very little time, and in, in conjunction with these other things can really change your life and, and, and pretty quickly, okay? So, uh, I would say the point from this week is be committed to taking your thoughts captive and having God control them for the good versus your thoughts taking you captive and taking you to a place of fear, anger, low self-worth, rejection, unforgiveness, stress, negative thoughts, emotions, etc. Again, it's your choice because to take away choice means love would fall. So you're going to keep doing the definition of insanity day after day or start choosing God, start choosing Jesus, start choosing love, start choosing God's way. And, and we read those, uh, um, all, the, all the things from Scripture. Confusing thoughts, condemning thoughts, lying thoughts, negative thoughts, jealous thoughts. There's Scripture on every one of these. Don't do this. And when this happens, here's what you do. For most of my life, I didn't do that. I just kind of let them do whatever they did. And, and more often than not, I would not take them captive. I would participate in them, go down the deadfall, be stuck for hours, days, weeks, 
get back out of there, participate again, get thrown back in there, and vicious cycle. No more. I'm not living my life that way. I'm, I'm, I'm going with God. I'm going with Jesus. I'm going with freedom. I'm going with love and truth. How about you? Have a wonderful, blessed day.